It's a sprint to the finish line before National Signing Day. So where do the Miami Hurricanes stand with their top remaining class of 2023 targets? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. I wonder if Josh Gaddis has created his profile yet. All right, so guys, we're going to cover a lot on this episode, including the latest on what's been a pretty quiet offensive coordinator search is that timeline that we've discussed about maybe the end of this week, having a new offensive coordinator is the timeline going to play out that way. Or is this thing going to work on Cristobal time, which is usually taking his time. But before we get to the latest on the OC vacancy, which remember is also a wide receivers coach vacancy and a quarterback's coach vacancy. The three of those jobs are open. I want to talk about Miami's final push for two big-time prospects, one of them bigger time than the other. Uh, but Wednesday is National Signing Day, and the Hurricanes are in the mix for two players who could really, really be important to this program if either or both decides to take his talents to Coral Gables. Now, the bigger of those names, as you know, is Nicholas Harbor, the five-star athlete and track star out of Washington, D.C., who wants to play wide receiver or tight end at the next level. He has that size you crave at six foot five, 225, not to mention absolute blazing freaking speed. And Miami's in the mix for him. Miami's going to have a hat on his table on Wednesday. But the news right now, it's not great, okay? It, it really isn't looking like this one's going to go in Miami's direction. Uh, I will never completely give up hope, and I'll tell you why, but it's not looking like this one's going to go in Miami's direction. So Nicholas Harbor, how did he spend his weekend? Uh, did he spend his weekend on South Beach or in Coral Gables? No, he spent his weekend in Eugene, Oregon, making an official visit to the Oregon Ducks. And the Ducks... I believe should be considered the favorites to land his signature on Wednesday. I think there may be a little bit of confidence in South Carolina as well, but I believe Oregon is the team to beat here. Now, it's not like Miami hasn't had a chance to speak with Harbor. The Hurricanes and Mario Cristobal did make an in-home visit with Nicholas uh, midweek last week. The details on that visit are scarce. I would imagine loafers were worn, <laughs> and I would imagine... There were some good conversations had because, you know, the biggest strength for Mario Cristobal as a head coach is recruiting. You get him in a living room or you get a player on campus for an official visit. That's when Mario works his magic. So, again, the details on whatever happened in that visit are scarce because Harbor seems like a pretty private person. And from Miami's side, they don't divulge a lot of those details. I did hear the visit went well for what that's worth. But did the visit go well enough? to convince Nicholas Harbor to commit to a program that he never actually visited, okay? Because, yeah, they did go in home with Harbor, but Harbor never, never actually made a trip down to Coral Gables. So 
my guess would be that if that in-home visit had gone really, really well, because that was last week, if it had gone really well, Harbor would have then maybe canceled his Oregon visit to head down to Coral Gables instead, but he didn't do that. He still made the visit to Oregon. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know too much of the feedback from how his Oregon visit went, but I think it went well enough that the Oregon folks still consider themselves to be the probable favorite there. Okay. So again, um, I wouldn't be feeling great about Nicholas Harbor unless the in-home with Miami had gone so well that he changed his visit plans to come down to Coral Gables instead. He didn't do that. Um, and listen, guys, in, in this age of NIL and in the age where you know that over the next 48 plus hours, it's not like Mario Cristobal is going to stop making contact with Harbor. His phone's going to keep ringing. He's going to keep getting texts and calls from Miami coaches. They're going to keep checking in. This is what Mario Cristobal does best. So I'm not waving the white flag of surrender just yet, but I'm telling you it's not looking great for Nicholas Harbor, okay? And, you know, one of the reasons why he never had a chance to come to Miami officially, and I don't think he ever came unofficially as well, is uh, it's been so difficult. We talked about this a little bit last week. He's got such a rigorous track schedule that, um, you know, he wasn't free on a lot of weekends and midweek points to come make unofficials places the way that a lot of other players are. Because a lot of the other place, a lot of the other players, I should say, that Miami has recruited, uh, you know, they would maybe take an official visit down here. And some of them, depending on how far away they live, would come down here six, seven, eight times for unofficial visits for Harbor. This guy, every free second on that dude's schedule is spent at a track meet somewhere. And yeah, you know, he's wanted by almost everyone in the country. And the reason why Harbor is a five star, despite the fact that I, I think he lacks a little bit of polish as an offensive football player, can probably prove himself a little bit more as a steady handed guy when it comes to catching the football. But he's an athletic unicorn. I mentioned he's six foot five, 225, which is tremendous size. And he runs the 100-meter dash in an incredible 10.32 seconds. I, I think he might have even had one of his uh, official times that clocked in at sub 10.3, which is just insane, right? He's got Olympic aspirations. So, you know, he could be such a weapon in Miami's passing attack. You know, you, you line him up a jumbo receiver, you line him up a tight end, good luck covering that guy because he is so fast and he is so tall. Um, and I know that track is a big part of his recruitment process. You know, he wants to run track in addition to play football wherever he goes. Uh, I'm sure Miami would give him that option. I mean, Chris Johnson is running track here. The running back who's also a track star locally uh, in Florida. Uh, you know, I've apparently Oregon has a tremendous track program, uh, one of the better track programs in the country. So that may be one of the other things that is swaying him towards the Oregon Ducks. So we will see how it plays out. Miami did, you know, so while Harbor was in Oregon, defensive tackle Jamel Howard out of Chicago, Illinois, he was in Coral Gables. Miami did just get an official visit from this 300-pound-plus defensive tackle, listed at six foot three. Uh, everyone who's seen him in person says he's probably a little bit shorter than that, but he is solidly built, okay? And he's got the sort of size that Miami wants at their defensive tackle rotation. Uh, he's going to be committing, actually. I think he's going to announce his commitment the day before National Signing Day. So expect Jamel Howard to announce 
on Tuesday, not on Wednesday. So we're going to know in, you know, probably a little bit over 24 hours from now, depending on when you watch this, we're going to know where Jamel Howard is going. Um, I don't hear the best feedback from Miami's case on his recruitment. Uh, he's from Chicago, as I mentioned, and apparently his family and his parents want him to stay closer to home. So the other schools that are considered in the mix, a lot of them are closer to home. Uh, one of them, not so much, but Michigan, Illinois, LSU, and Wisconsin are in that mix with Miami. And he did, uh, he was a Wisconsin commit that decommitted, you know, they had a lot of changes there on the staff and apparently he's open to maybe recommitting to Wisconsin. Uh, I, I believe the Steve Wiltfong crystal ball, if I'm not mistaken, is, is for Michigan. Uh, so I, he feels like a Big Ten guy to me. It feels like Jamel Howard is going to end up in the Big Ten. There was a lot of feedback from Jamel. He did some interviews after his official visit to Miami. Um, you know, and I, I like what he said about Mario Cristobal and, you know, the conversations he had with Miami coaches. It really seems to match up with what a lot of the players say. And I appreciate Cristobal's honesty. Like, I... I refer to him as a straight shooter a lot on this show. He doesn't blow a lot of smoke when it comes to this, uh, these recruiting visits. So Jamel Howard says he appreciated the fact that Mario Cristobal, like he told him that he should make the decision that's best for him and for his family. And that like, Hey, like kid, I, I, I try, I don't know if he called him kid. That may be a little bit condescending. I threw that in there, but he's like, Hey, I trust your judgment. You seem like a good judge of character. You've got to do what's best for you and your family. So it sounds like Mario wasn't trying to apply your pressure the way that I know a lot of coaches do. Like, you know, Miami definitely told him how much he's needed and how he would fit in with Miami's defensive formations. But Cristobal did tell him at the end of the day, you've got to make the decision that's right for you. And if it's not Miami, we will understand. Uh, here's some comments that Jamel Howard made to Kane Sport after his visit. He says, Coach Cristobal, basically, he told me I'm a good player and that I'm an even better person. Felt I'd fit here. He wanted me to see how I fit in their system. As a player, he said, anywhere I go, I'll most likely be successful because of the type of player I am. But he definitely told me I could make some noise in their system. Uh, he said, Coach Joe Salavea just wants me to be great. He says he said he just wants me at Miami. Uh, Howard says both coaches, both coaches also brought up the depth chart, but that their interior D linemen aren't something everybody has a lot of right now, he says. Um, it's going to be a tougher decision than I thought it would be. Honestly, he said, Miami did everything right. He said, I'm not saying they mainly changed my mind, but they're real genuine. And that's what I'm all about. Someone trying to help me succeed. So yeah, it, it sounds to me like the conversations that Jamel Howard started having with his family yesterday, and he's going to be having these conversations until Tuesday when he announces, you know, it, it did Miami do enough here? to reconcile the fact that, you know, my family's from Chicago. If I go to Miami, it's just going to be more difficult and more travel for my family to come watch my games and for me to get home, you know, during breaks I have from school. Cause I, I think that that's a consideration with his recruitment. So, um, you know, <laughs> I wish I could put lipstick on the pig, but I can't sugarcoat it too much. Uh, Miami's in the race for Jamel Howard and they're in the race for Nicholas Harbor. I don't think they're going to land either one, but, Let's talk about offensive coordinator insight when we come back because, yeah, Miami would like to have a new OC, new wide receivers coach, new quarterbacks coach. I imagine two of those jobs will go to the same person. You would love to have that as soon as possible. So where do we stand? We will talk about that right here 
on Locked On Canes right after we talk about FanDuel. And guys, oh, these next two weeks, this is the time to get yourself signed up. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super the you can bet the Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. So guys, I'm looking at we have we have the the opening lines out for Super Bowl 57. The Eagles are favored by a point and a half. I think I like Philly here. I'm going to be thinking about this a lot over the next couple of weeks, but I think I like Philly minus one and a half. They, I guess they're the team of destiny now. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Uh, so, hey, I'll, so many people tagged me in a tweet with this last night. And yeah, listen, I, I, I'm intrigued by the name. I'm intrigued by the name, but I'll explain why it's probably not going to happen. When we're talking about potential offensive coordinators at Miami, as soon as the Twitter world found out that the Dallas Cowboys had fired OC Kellen Moore, uh, I start getting tagged uh, at Locked On Canes in like a dozen tweets of like, hey, should we, are we going to go after Kellen Moore? Is Kellen Moore coming to Miami? And listen, obviously the name intrigues me, of course, right? I mean, someone with NFL play calling experience who's now out of a job, but I don't think it's going to happen. So, Kellen Moore, um, if he wants to stay in the NFL, he's going to have opportunities to stay in the NFL. So unless he really decides, you know what, I, I want to take my talents back to the college game. It sounds like Moore is already in play for possible OC jobs with the Chargers and with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, you know, it's worth noting last year he interviewed for several NFL head coaching jobs. So, you know, oftentimes, even if you don't get a head coaching job, once you start going through those interviews one year, you can end. And I don't think he's going to be a head coach this year, but his name is in a lot of those NFL circles now. So I believe if Kellen Moore wants to stay in the National Football League, he's going to be able to have his choice of a handful of jobs there. So, um, you know, unless he's dying to come back to college, uh, I, I don't see it happening. So I'm not going to take that as a serious candidate. And I, I'm going to mention again, that it's it's been pretty quiet over the last three days since Josh Gaddis was let go. One thing that I'm sure of is um, even before Gaddis was officially fired or his firing was officially announced on Friday, because I don't know at what point he and Mario figured out this guy's not coming back. It was weeks, if not months, that they knew he was not coming back. So I guarantee you that some of the legwork in finding his replacement had already been done. I'm sure that there were some conversations had, interest was gauged. So chances are we're probably farther along in this search than 
72 hours, right? The job came open 72 hours ago. We're probably farther along in the search than that. But things have been very quiet. And I, I that's probably a good thing, right? I mean, it's, you know, you don't have to, I don't believe in college, you have to disclose who you've interviewed, especially a private institution. The rules are different in the NFL, for example. So the fact that this search so far is going under the radar is probably a good thing. And I don't, guys, some of you are going to say, well, Dono, if it's been so quiet, it means Mario's not doing anything. How come Mario's not trying to get this? I'm, believe me, I'm sure Mario, now he obviously is still spending some time recruiting because National Signing Day is this week, but believe me, Mario, I'm sure, is kicking the tires. He's scheduling interviews or conducting interviews. I guarantee you work is being done behind the scenes on this. Uh, if anything, the fact that it's been so quiet before is probably a good sign that there aren't a whole lot of leaks in the building, which you always like, okay? But uh, a couple of things that I get the sense of today, okay? I get the sense over these last few days as this, this whole thing is marinating a little bit, I get the sense that Scott Frost could be more serious of a candidate than I initially thought. Like, I... I threw his name out initially because, hey, this guy's out of a job. He's a, a guy who's had success as an offensive coordinator in the past. It just it makes sense here. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm hearing his name enough that I'm getting the sense now that Frost could become a serious candidate. He obviously is in need of a job and a little bit of career rehab after how poorly things went for him as a head coach in Nebraska. Nebraska is also a dumpster fire, as you guys know. Uh, and listen, uh, Mario Cristobal, he respects the work that Scott Frost did not only at UCF where he obviously did a great job there, but he respects the work that Frost did at Oregon working under Chip Kelly. Um, Cause I know Mario really, really likes Chip Kelly's offense a lot. So Scott Frost, he could be more of a name, even more of a name to look at than I thought a couple of days ago. So another thing um, I get the sense that those rumors Friday and Saturday about Dan Mullen being in Coral Gables, last Friday, uh, I get the sense that those were either severely overstated or possibly untrue completely. Like that maybe if he was in town, that he didn't even actually see Cristobal because, you know, I saw like Gabby Arudia, for example, had the timeline of, of when Mark, because remember Mario was out recruiting on that helicopter last week that at the time when Mullen was supposedly in Coral Gables, and again, I haven't seen any photographic evidence of this, but at that time, Mario was not even in town. He was like in Louisiana somewhere riding a chopper. So I, I, I don't even know if the timelines match up. Like, so maybe Mullen either wasn't here, period, or if he actually was here, perhaps he was just traveling through. Um, I would love him to be a candidate, though. I just I'm trying to temper expectations. Right. So if by chance Dan Mullen did interview for the job, I hope he did. I don't think he did, but if he did, it's being kept extremely secret, which I guess would be a good thing if that's the case, okay? So uh, personally, as of today, I have really no reason to feel good about Dan Mullen being an actual candidate for the job, but if that changes, I will let you know. And I have heard some rumblings that, you know, that Miami might go a little bit bigger here or try to go a little bit bigger here than some people think, because yeah, we've talked about some of the quote unquote safer candidates, like people that Mario Cristobal already knows very well, like Marcus Arroyo, like he and Cristobal worked together. Well, they won a lot together at Oregon when Arroyo was Cristobal's OC in 2018 and 2019. 
And, you know, James Coley, who's an excellent recruiter. Mario worked with him many years ago at FIU. And Coley has worked at Miami before. He recruits the area very well. Like, names like that, I think, are always going to be rightly thrown out because those are probably safer, you know. And when I say safe, I mean people that Cristobal already knows. Cristobal knows they can recruit and people that he's worked with before. Uh, But that doesn't necessarily mean he's limiting his search to people like that. Like, he may also be aiming for people that you guys and me would consider bigger names. So, you know. Obviously, somebody like Dan Mullen, if he is really in the mix, I don't know if he is, that would certainly fit the bill of bigger names being thrown out there. All right, so when we come back, I do want to welcome aboard Miami's newest commit. Miami has a new preferred walk-on who I think will play safety at Miami, can also play linebacker. So we have a welcome to the U to throw out. And then I also, based on a question, a good question we got from 904 Hurricanes, I want to talk about the units on Miami's team, either side of the football, offense and defense, which units, which rooms I expect to be improved the most this coming season. Because, guys, we wanted roster turnover. We're getting roster turnover. There are not as many of the Manny Diaz recruits left. There's a lot more Mario Cristobal recruits and Mario Cristobal transfers on this roster. So we got to talk about it right here on Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. By the way, those uh, those championship games on Sunday were interesting, right? Referees getting themselves involved. San Francisco having like a zombie quarterback room <laughs> down through four quarterbacks. Uh, I'm excited for the big game, though. You know I'm excited for uh, for Philly in Kansas City. And, uh, and yeah, remember our, our sportsbook partner, FanDuel, has the Eagles minus a point and a half favorites. And another thing, folks, another thing to watch out for this week, Locked On is headed to the Senior Bowl. You can get inside analysis from the hosts that covered the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So, yeah, Locked On has you covered through the Senior Bowl, my friends. So uh, Miami does have a new addition to the roster. It is a preferred walk-on. I know some people were confused about this because Miami doesn't announce, like Miami doesn't announce, hey, welcome to the U, but this guy doesn't have a scholarship. Like they don't say it like that, okay? But uh, a lot of these players, even if they don't have scholarships, I think have a lot of potential. And I think that's the case for Braylon Lamar. Braylon Lamar, welcome to the U! Newest Miami Hurricane, he plays safety, outside linebacker, even running back, uh, played at his high school, Panther Creek High School in Cary, North Carolina. He's going to play defense at the collegiate level. Just based on his size, uh, looks to me like a safety more than a linebacker. Six foot tall, 190 pounds. Um, I watched his huddle reel, which is always a good time because, uh, you know, obviously – you know, they're, they're putting all of his the best plays, right? The highlight reels, they put a player's best plays. But it did give me a good sense of Braylon Lamar's abilities and his instincts. His highlight reel looks really good. Very good instincts for playmaking. He's got a number of interceptions on there that come from being in the right place at the right time, which you always want from a safety. He forces a lot of fumbles, and he hits pretty hard. Now, you know, he's got to add some size at the collegiate level because that, you know, 
uh, at his high school in North Carolina, you know, being six foot, 190 pounds, like probably one of the bigger guys on the field, that's not going to be the case uh, in college. So he's got to, got to put on more size. So you could say that about any true freshman who comes in just about any true freshman that comes in, but he's got good instincts for the position hits hard, makes plays. Uh, I think he's got potential. And so I look forward to seeing how this guy can fit in at Miami. And anytime you get a walk on, you always want to see who's going to be the next Cinderella story, right? We we don't like to use the, the Rudy example here because this is a Miami show and we despise Notre Dame. But Jimmy Murphy, that's the guy I like to go to. We Who's going to be the next Jimmy Murphy on the Miami roster? So maybe he can have that sort of success here. So we get a uh, we get a tweet from our listener and friend 904 Hurricane who says Miami hired a contractor, not a handyman. This is a complete rebuild. It takes time. Hashtag trust the process. Hashtag go Canes. And yeah, that contractor has demolished the roster and is trying to rebuild the roster in his image. So uh, I look at some of the position groups that I think are going to be most improved this year, like immediately 2023, which position groups are going to be the most improved to me. It starts with the offensive line, hands down. You've added two new starters to that unit in the portal with Javion Cohen, who didn't give up a single sack in three years at Alabama. Uh, Matt Lee from UCF, one of the top graded centers in America last year, also hasn't been credited with giving up any sacks. And both of those guys have multiple years of eligibility left, which is awesome. You return Zion Nelson. We forget how good Zion can be because he was hurt all year last year. Jalen Rivers is back. He's a stud. Inez Cooper is a stud in the making. You've added two of the top, the two top offensive tackles in the country in Okunlola and Maui Goa, and I think they can get on the field right away. So offensive line to me, and obviously the caveat here is always you got to stay healthy, right? Because offensive, it's the unit is better this year, but last year they were not only not as good, but they were incredibly injured. You've got to have better luck with health on that unit this year. You know, you're getting a serious overhaul at cornerback. Now, you did lose a lot of experience at corner because Tyreek Stevenson, who's projected to be a high draft pick, like I saw one projection with him in the first round. I think he'll be a top three pick. Uh, so Tyreek Stevenson, DJ Ivy are both moving on. But I like the experience you added in the portal. Devontae Brown, uh, I think he'll be a starter this year. Terry Roberts, I think, can play a lot. And I like the freshman Robert Stafford, Damari Brown, both have a very bright future. Uh, now, safety, you lost a lot of depth here, okay? So you you need your top guys to be top guys. Cam Kinchins, I expect to be great as usual. James Williams needs to put it all together this season. And we need a guy like Markeith Williams really needs to step up this year. The defensive line, much better at edge than tackle, I think. Uh, on the D-line, the pass rush should be better with what Miami added in recruiting. Uh, plus, Nigel e. Kelly entering his sophomore year. Cyrus Moss heading into his redshirt freshman year. Hopefully he can be a factor this year. And yeah, you still have Akeem Mesidor uh, at defensive end, a defensive tackle. Daryl Jackson is going to be hard to replace. So hopefully Leonard Taylor has a great year. I look forward to seeing what Thomas Gore and Branson Dean from the portal can do. I think linebacker. Linebacker is going to be a fun group to watch, right? Second year under Coach Strong. I'm expecting further improvements from Wes Besaint, who was studly the second half of the year last year. You know, Corey Flagg seemed to really learn a lot and take to Strong's coaching. Francisco Maui Goa, I think it's going to turn a lot of heads this year. One of the better linebackers in the Pac-12 last year. And 
Miami has some of the most talented freshman linebackers in the country. Malik Bryant, Raul Aguirre, Bobby Washington, Marcellius Pulliam. There's a lot to be excited about in the linebacker unit as well. Uh, the running back room needs to stay healthy, okay? So last year it was Henry Parrish, Thad Franklin, Don Chaney, Trevante Citizen, and Rooster. Citizen missed the entire year. Chaney missed 99% of the year. Uh, you know, Rooster missed some time. Thad Franklin had issues, right? So it, running back was a disaster last year, an absolute disaster, except for Henry Parrish was like the one guy who was somewhat consistent. So this year you've got Parrish again, Citizen hopefully healthy, Don Chaney hopefully healthy, along with Mark Fletcher, who I think is going to be a top two back on this team within a year or two. And Chris Johnson, who's your home run hitter. So I, I think this group can be a lot better if they can stay healthy. And assuming the offensive line is better, I think the running back room can do great stuff. Uh, so the quarterback room, I think the quarterback room at best, it's kind of a wash just in terms of who you have on the roster. Hear me out. So the quarterback room, uh, you know, maybe could be a step down on paper because, you know, you replaced a more experienced Jake Garcia with a true freshman and Emory Williams. I don't know what Emory's going to be ready to do year one, if anything. Uh, but if Tyler Van Dyke can stay healthy, that's going to be the big thing on why the quarterback room should perform better. Uh, and hopefully he gets, you know, better quarterback coaching. We'll see who the quarterback coach is going to be to make this unit more successful. TBD is going to be the starter. And also, I said it last week, I'll say it again. I am expecting more improvements as a passer from Jakari Brown. Still got a lot of work to do. Excellent runner, uh, good size, good instincts, strong arm. Just, you know, there's kind of a disconnect with his arm and his accuracy Hopefully he makes more improvements. So we'll talk about it more throughout the week. So guys, make sure after making us your first listen here on Locked on Canes, you make Locked on College Basketball your second listen. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We will talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.